Welcome to True North Strong, a sports performance podcast, and I'm your host, Jay Malhado. Join me as I chat with some of the top sports performance practitioners from far and wide and discuss from a uniquely Canadian perspective all things sport and human performance. My goal is that within these conversations, we will uncover the through lines that connect us all. Welcome to this episode of True North Strong Sports Performance Podcast. I'm uh, super excited to welcome Callan McGibbon to the show, who's up in uh, Sudbury, Ontario. Beautiful summers up there, but um, he's the CEO and creator of an app called Rep Performance. Uh, we're going to talk about, about that and, and who that service is, um, as well as a gym owner for uh, Healthy Living which is you know a fitness center up in Sudbury dealing with athletes and general population. So we're going to chat a little bit about that as well. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jay. I was um, excited to get on. Yeah, we've kind of connected a little bit over the last few months, you know, vacations here for you and for me. And so I'm glad to kind of get our schedules lined up and, and be able to chat. If you could just kind of run us through a little bit of your path, like how you got uh, up in Sudbury and, and created that facility there and um, just kind of where you started and who you work with. Um, well, I ended up in Sudbury kind of um, oddly enough because of statistics. So I, I was in Toronto working at a gym down there at the time it was called Fitness West uh, over by Sherway Gardens. And then uh, I took a motorcycle trip I uh, went camping on my motorcycle and came up north and toured around and really liked the city of Sudbury. I thought, oh, this is a cool place, you know, kind of a big city, but up north and you kind of have all the, the benefits of living in northern Ontario. For those of your listeners that are up here, you you understand exactly what I mean. You kind of alluded to it with the nice summers. It's it's a gorgeous place to be, wicked quality of life. So um, winters are tough, but you just need better clothes. But uh <laughs> So, so anyways, uh, and I came back, uh, to the city and, uh, I was talking to, uh, now, uh, now my wife, then my girlfriend, I'm like, Hey, this is a pretty cool place. Like we were thinking about moving. And so I did some research and it turned out at the time that it had the, uh, second highest average household income and the highest number of professional athletes per capita in Canada. Wow. And, and it also had at the same time, those two incredible stats and it had the highest unemployment rate. So I was like, wow, like <laughs> if you're doing good, you're really doing good. And uh, apparently there's a lot of athletic talent. So um, we uh, kind of committed and made the tour and, you know, we bought a home and came up here and first we started with a health food store and started the training company uh, as a partner with Laurentian university. And, okay. um, and then kind of the rest is kind of history. It exploded from there. Um, ended up being the, my, my company partnered with Laurentian and we did all the strength conditioning for all the varsity programs along with physiotherapy and massage therapy and um, the Kins. And uh, we looked after all that. So I had a full varsity program that I looked after um, all sports. And then I, I also worked with the, the general population. So I had the ability to kind of expand just past what the university had, um, cause we were privately owned. Um, you know, we could, we could offer services outside of, you know, all of the obligations we met for the school. So I started training, you know, a lot of high school level community athletes, um, and then ended up 
getting some really cool opportunities with some athletes that ended up playing on the women's national team, Rebecca Johnson and Tessa Benham. I'm dating myself now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then I got to be like the regional strength conditioning coach for women's national hockey team. At the time it was Jason Poole. I don't know if you know Jason Poole. He was the head strength coach for women's national team then. And, um, and then I got to be a little bit of part of rowing Canada when Carling Zeman was rowing at, uh, at LU. Uh, and I got to do a couple of rowing Canada camps. Um, be kind of that region, be a regional strength coach for them. And that's how I met Ed McNeely and uh, Trevor and right. kind of met the, the crew there through that, through that, through rowing. Um, and then started kind of athletes I was working with and it ended up, you know, being had the right genetic makeup and the right talent and make it to the NHL. And then I kind of broke through into the NHL and I trained it. Uh, I think about six or seven NHL players now. Um, and some of them now don't play anymore and some are still actually playing. And so, and that's kind of the realm. And I've worked all over the place in between, like never really specialized. Sudbury's not Toronto. Like you can't own a company up here and train athletes. Like there's right. not, en- there's not enough of them, right? Like you need to be able to work with general population people. Like that's kind of the, the, the gym side of me, right? Like the, yeah. the fitness center. Yeah. And then a few years ago, I started a, a fitness technology company too. Uh, so, and that specializes in providing, uh, software to phys ed, uh, teachers right now from grade seven to 12, um, to help them become great movers. Yeah. We're going to really. dig into that. I think that's, that's <laughs> such an exciting piece, right? Yeah. We, we talked about it before and, um, you know, like you said, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, positives that can come out of, of that situation as far as the pandemic and you were able to find a smaller space that, you know, worked for you at the time and you didn't have to have a huge space right away and then then grow into that, which, you know, is a great model to have, right? And I remember going to a conference, I'm going to date myself, probably uh, 10 years ago, maybe even a little bit more. And one of the business, fitness business people were talking about, um, you know, just where training was going and where the industry was going. And he was saying, you know, there's about to be thousands of locations with great parking in strip malls ready to be gyms and we were like oh really what and he was like blockbuster so be ready to you know if you want to make a move to that be ready because that there's a lot of real estate that's about to open up and so that stuck with me obviously I didn't open up my own space but then I was as I was driving around and going to the supermarket I started to see oh man, he's right. This one's closed. This one's closed. Different businesses are taking over that, those spaces. Um, and you know, a similar thing happened o- over the last year, right? And, and other uh, sectors are moving into those spaces, starting small and growing or expanding. So um, yeah, super exciting uh, for you guys out there. This is my favorite part of the podcast is, is the rapid fire portion. Um, you know, I give the guests a little bit of a heads up, but, but not the whole list. So I'm excited to, to get to know you a little bit um, outside of, of the fitness realm. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like probably like Megamind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, like I just like, I don't really watch movies, but I I would say that's like that's one of my all time favorites. I love Megamind. <laughs> so, 
Um, what about your favorite book? Favorite book? Holy, that's a huge list. Doesn't have um, to be training related. Can be just any book. I would say. Man, I, I don't really think about food from a favorite. Probably like, I like steak. Okay. <laughs> Steak's probably my favorite healthy food. Um, and then what about favorite kind of food for the soul? So not, not a guilty pleasure or a cheat meal, but kind of food for the soul, something. Steak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On both sides. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's good. It's steak season right now, right? Barbecue season. Uh, I yeah. had steak the other night. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That can be on both lists. Yeah. It, it, it is for me. It's like soulful and it's like my favorite, like bang for buck for sure. Awesome. Um, what's, do you have a favorite Canadian city that you visited? That I visited? Yeah. Hmm, not the one I live in. It could be if that's your favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Sudbury. Okay. Yeah, um, it's a, it's it's real good to me and my family and my friends and I, I love it. Awesome. Uh, is there a Canadian city you'd love to visit that you haven't you haven't seen yet? Yeah, I've never been out to, out west. I've gone in the east, but I've never gone west. So I, I'd like to go to the to the west coast somewhere. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Awesome. Um, do you have a worldwide favorite place? That you visited, what, favorite place yeah. that I have visited. Yeah, yeah. The um, the my my favorite place I've been so far. My wife is actually from. She's Portuguese. She's from the Azores. Okay. Um, and I went to Terracera, one of the. She's from the islands, uh, yeah. the Azores islands, and and that is just unbelievable. Such a cool place. Awesome. That's my favorite place I've ever visited for sure. Nice. Uh, do you guys have a dream destination still on the list? Still on the list. Um, no, I just go wherever, uh, my wife wants to, says we're going to go. I, 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 I'm happy to go everywhere. I don't really have a, I actually, I, I do want to, uh, there's a few hikes, like hike places, hikes I'd like to do. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind doing the El Camino Okay. in nice. Europe. So I wouldn't yeah. mind. Now that's not one place, like, but right. you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I'd like to do the El Camino for sure. Um, Awesome. Uh, last one. Do you have a favorite season? So we kind of mentioned uh, summer and winter in Sudbury, but um, do you have a favorite season? Yeah, I would say I probably, I mean, yeah, I probably love the summer. There's aspects of when you're up here, like there's aspects of the winter though that are quite beautiful. So it's hard to say, I guess, because there's there's different like times of day that I would say are the reasons why I love certain you know times a year. Like in the winter time, the mornings are just like they're just unbelievable. You know, especially when it's cold, when it's like minus thirty, and you go out and walk on the lake, and yeah. it just the sound is like because it's so quiet, right? Because there's nobody around. If you get out nice and early, and just that sound. And that's still the silence that falls over like the city in the north. You know, yeah. it's just it's just amazing. So I really like that. But that's a moment, right? Like not right. necessarily a season, but so. Yeah. No, it's uh shocking to hear that winter in Sudbury is is part of your favorite time. But yeah, <laughs> but 
uh, I've been up there in the fall and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great place. A beautiful drive up there. If you're coming from, uh, you know, Toronto area, just kind of cutting through the, the rock and everything like that. And so it's really, really cool. Um, no, that's great stuff. You, you kind of mentioned the, the app, right. And, and how you work with phys ed programs. And, um, I just want to, you know, spend some time with that because, you know, we've all been through that, those phys ed classes and, and other as a, as a student when we were in high school or if our friends are teachers or we have kids in school and, and to see it change or not change depending on where you are, right? And, and just that there is a need there for, you know, phys ed teachers to maybe get a little bit of knowledge or to help them through giving an individualized experience, right, to the students. So um, if you could just chat about kind of the app and, and again, how it grew and, and how you created it and what you saw to um, that gap there, right? I guess, you know, I got, like, a, I passion, like, my passion for strength conditioning and, and I'm super fortunate to work with some wicked athletes and I had some super cool opportunities with some really high level athletes. But I think the thing that uh, I've, and that's, you know, everyone looks to that to kind of like for your stripes, so to speak, right? Like no one listens to you unless you've worked with some like professional athlete for some reason. And, and I think the reason I was actually, so I was successful there is because I realized early on what, why I was, I loved it. And when someone would come into a session, it didn't really matter what state they were in. And I mean, like state of mind, like right. if they were upset or they were frustrated or they were excited, no matter where they came in, they always left, like just feeling incredible. And I got addicted to that piece. Right. So the, the performance side was like, like I, I kind of was always good at math and I understand, I understood, you know, progressions and I kind of was always good at that part. So, so that just kind of came naturally. That was, wasn't the, so that part was easy for me. Um, it was the, I got addicted and passionate about it because of that energy. So by knowing that and knowing, I knew that like, okay, you can work with these great high level athletes, but like, I knew that um genetics is such a huge play and it's only becoming a bigger play and when you really analyze the numbers with respect to like how physical education system is designed it's designed around like a like an early sport you know introduction model and you know 99% of kids don't play competitive sports past high school and right. when you're as a gym owner you look at i look at these people that join our gym and, you know, they, so many, right, are, are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, 20s. And, you know, you learn math, you get math skills, you can take those into the workplace. You learn how to read, write, you know, uh, you learn some basic geographies, you can kind of understand, navigate the world, you can maybe learn cultures, all these things you learn in education, you could take with you. And unfortunately for 99% of kids, they can't take anything with them from phys ed because they're not interested in sports. Right. Right. And, and my whole career, right? Like yeah. this is a careful thing. I'm, 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 I'm walking on a fine line here. Cause like right. a huge amount of financial success in my career came from high level athletics, Right. but it's such a small piece. Right. And, 
knowing that I was like, if you really want to make a difference and you really like want to help like people become healthier, they need to learn the skills when they're in their formidable years and they need to understand it's fun and they need to like to have the ability to go out and like make a program. And that's not going to change the training industry. It's actually going to make it better because it's going to push trainers to be better. And it's going to push strength coaches to be better because people are going to be coming into them with a higher level of knowledge. So that's a good thing. So I'm like, you know what? I want to make a difference. Um, and, and then started having kids, right? I had kids and, and, you know, uh, just, you have kids and you're watching them and you have these bumpers around them where you're like, okay, you have a math quiz on Friday. Like you got to study. And, and Fizette, I was like, I didn't know what they were doing and there's no communication back to me as a parent. And like, what are they actually learning? I asked them about it and like, yeah, we played, you know, the typical dodgeball or whatever. And those are good fundamental skills. I'm not saying they're not, I'm just, but it's nothing they could take with them. Right. It's so sports centered, right? It's so sports centered and, and the curriculum knows that and it's shifting fast. Like the amount of in Canada, it's like a PF course, like a uh, personal fitness course, like they're exploding. It's the fastest growing class, like uh, elective class in phys ed in the country. Right. And, but it's moving so fast and it's individualized. It's not go to the gym and, you know, five of you get a red penny and five of you get a green penny and we're going to play basketball. We're going to teach you how to play basketball. Like kids can coast and not pay attention. And, and it's not, that's not individualized to any extent. It's individualized to the kids that play basketball because they love it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's not individualized to the 25 kids in the class that don't like it. Right. Right. Whereas when you take 25 or 30 kids into a fitness center in a high school, now that's an individualized approach. Like we're both trainers. Like right. that's not just everyone do squats right. <laughs> like, right. exactly. or everyone do bench. That's an individualized yeah. thing. So I was like, okay, there's a gap here and these phys ed teachers need a tool and they need the ability to be able to give kids an individualized experience so that they basically can understand like how to build themselves programs and understand seven principal movements and, and really understand what exercise is. And that's the curriculum and, and education is moving that direction, but that's a ridiculous task to ask a phys ed teacher with 30 kids in a fitness center for the very first time they've never worked out before. Like we work one-on-one primarily, right? Like how difficult is that to program out for somebody, right? right? Like, so they need, they needed tech. So I just kind of was like, okay, well, this passion for this making people feel better and, you know, having kids and looking at the education system, I was like, I'm going to make this tool and going to give it to phys ed teachers and going to help kids understand how to work out. Right. Um, I mean, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Cause like you said, like, you know, we struggle with that. I struggled with that in college. Right. And, and those kids graduate and they're calling you back. Like, how do I, how do I work out now? I'm like, what, did you not learn anything over the four years? Like, and start to understand how a workout set up or just different ways to set up different types of workouts or which ones apply to your goals. And, and that was an eye-opening experience for me. And I was like, okay, well, I got to educate them a little bit more on how we're doing what we're doing, not just why we're doing it to help them, you know, on the basketball court or the soccer field or whatever, but, but how am I putting things together and why are they put together a certain way? So then they can hopefully take that with them when they leave, right? When they're finished playing sports. Um, But to get that information at a much younger age, because like you said, at that point, I'm already dealing with the 
the 1% or 2% that are playing college sport. The other 98% that just want to be healthy and maybe play rec sport or, or whatever, um, you know, what is, what are they left with? Right. So, but what about the actual coding and like the tech part of it? Is that something you took on or did you, you know, outsource that piece? Like that seems like a daunting task, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, not my skill set. So I, uh, I found a, a, a young guy that was graduating from a college in Sudbury and said, hey, I have this idea uh, of what I want to do. And, you know, I got a, I used the Ontario Center for Excellence to kind of like help me. And um, I got him in there and we started trying to build it. And today he's like the head of our tech company and he's still with me today. Yeah, that's he just, awesome. He just came back from lunch. He just came back from lunch. He just <laughs> sat down right beside me. <laughs> um, so he's still with me today, and uh, like it's just, you know, he and we've grown together. Like, you know, he he learned the whole like along the way, and now we have uh, he has four team members, and I mean, you know, there's eight people in the company now, and I mean, it's, but yeah, I I didn't know that, so I brought somebody in, and you know he's passionate and wanted to push himself to be better. And we, we, we just kind of went from there. It was, it's like a typical, like, you know, it's a, I don't hardcore startup story. Like, you know, not, it wasn't big VC capital. We raised and hired these Silicon Valley coders. Like it's a true blue, like Northern Ontario. Like we built this sucker. We own every piece of code IP. Like we build it ground up. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, um, so does it, does it give the ability, you know, that you talked about that individual individualization piece, like, so the, can the teachers kind of like swap stuff out? Like just, just kind of run us through the mechanics of it. If I'm a teacher and I have a class of 30 kids, you know, that kind of piece, do they all have it on their phones? Like, like, how does it kind of walk us through that piece of it? Yeah. So like the, one of the biggest challenges for teachers is uh, there's a huge push from the school boards to go uh, paperless as well. Right. So, and, and as the assessment still exists, right? Like when I was in school, it was called a fitness test. Now it's not called a fitness test anymore because obviously there's with the, the group we're talking about, there shouldn't be a pass or fail feeling, right? Like there should right. be just like, where are you at today? Yeah. So the, the wording is switched towards assessment. Um, so, you know, uh, they, every, but that assessment piece is still happening. It's still fundamental to understanding like where you are today and you serve you to measure your own progress, right? In order to be graded, it should be off of your progress, not you compared to anyone else in right. physical fitness, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so uh, what our software does is it basically gives teachers the ability to either facilitate an assessment like digitally, like through a laptop, cell phone, whatever, right? Um, and then it has stopwatches and everything built in. So they just do all that. And then the software then takes all the information and then individualizes uh, programs based off of the fitness results. So the assessment okay. results. And and then every kid gets that. And they, you know, teachers can customize, uh, you know, select for different equipment that maybe they have at their school that others don't. So they select from an equipment list and then boom, they they press go and and the software builds all the programs for all the kids based off their individual skill sets. Right. And then it uses like a really base type of progression 
Um, so it gets feedback from the kids, like through RPEs, right? Yeah. And then it either progresses or regresses the intensity of the exercises, various different ways, depending on you know what level of mover the, the system has categorized them as. Um, so it actually trains them, right? Wow. And and we believe in in in, in a, a flip learning. So our system is set up for the actual students to be involved in the selection process with guides. Yeah. So the assessment piece can be also done as like a self-assessment. So it can be facilitated by the teacher or it can be assigned and the kids can kind of do different assessments and try things and get like a benchmark on where they are. And they can do that through their phones. There's videos to teach them how to do drills and all that stuff. Right. And then once they get their exercise plan, they can actually like swap out drills and try different things. So they might say like, oh, I want to try to use bands for this, or I, I'm, I think kettlebells are cool. So they could look through the filter and grab kettlebell drills. And the software is kind of, we call it guided autonomy. So it's, it's not letting someone do like hang cleans if they don't know how to hinge yet. Like right. it's, it's only giving them exercise to select from that it's decided are safe for them. Yeah, And then as they progress and they assess, it kind of unlocks more and more levels of drills, right? right. And, and it's up to the student. They can build their own days. They can do all of it on their own because the idea is to, to actually, like you just said, right, teach them how to build programming. And the resources are there about, you know, the four laws, like understanding how to use sets, reps, load, rest time in order to get different outcomes. And, and all those resources are there so they can actually learn, okay, well, I'm interested in maybe you know, uh, getting more toned. So, you know, they go through the laws, they kind of understand how to use sets, reps and apply them. And then they pick exercises that they find interesting or equipment that they find not intimidating. Right. And then they build their own days. They can name it stuff. And then uh, they do their own plans and then they reassess after four weeks and they can see like, holy geez, I got a lot better at that or I got better at this. Yeah. And we have yoga videos in there so they can do yoga. Right. So there's all kinds of stuff in there. No, I think it's awesome. Again, like you said, it, it gives them kind of, you know, parameters that they can pick from. So they're not kind of completely rogue and doing things outside of their um, skill level, but they do have that ownership of, you know, like you said, hey, I think kettlebells are really cool, or I have some at home and I want to start to learn how to use them. So I'm going to pick those type of exercises, right? Versus, you know, barbells or whatever. So um, that's really cool that you're bringing you know, the thought process of a professional, right, of a strength coach or a trainer into that, that AI, and then it's helping that teacher and the students kind of learn that piece of it, learn the process of exercise selection and, and, and certain principles, right? So that's, that's a, so awesome. Man. Wow. <laughs> kudos, yeah, you know, big, big kudos <laughs> to you guys for, for figuring it out, uh, you know, having that idea and then, and then figuring out logistically and, and how it could work and working through it together. I'm sure there was a lot of speed bumps and a lot of beta tests, but um, that's really, really cool. Yeah, lots of speed bumps and yeah. And just, yeah. And the teachers are, phys ed teachers are just like cut from our cloth, right? Like they were, fell in love with physical movement at some point because they, they decided to make a career out of it, right? So, yeah. I mean- it, working with them too is just so cool. They're just such awesome people. And, you know, they're, but, you know, they have such a different challenge than us because when we get somebody, they want to be there. Right. Right. They have massive, massive numbers of students that have been intimidated or at some point become, 
you know, insecure about moving. Yeah. And, and they've got that and they're there because they have to. Right. So it, they have such a different barrier and, you know, really trying to find a way to give them more time with the student, like get rid of the prep time, get rid of it all and give the students something that they can latch into that's they feel fits them so that they're not insecure and they're not like, well, I'm not going to, I don't want to go to the gym because we're going to, that's where all the athletes or the football players are. Like right. they think like that, right? Like right. Yeah. we don't, yeah. we don't, but they do. Right. right. Like, yeah. you know, like they're like, the gym's just for the football team. Like, well, no, it's not like, right. or you have to use a certain team piece at all. Of, yeah. Or you have to use a certain <laughs> right. piece of equipment, right? Like, oh, I don't want, you know, I find barbells intimidating or I find this, you know, piece of equipment. Well then that's fine. Just pick something else and, and we'll grow your confidence. And, and then maybe you get to it or maybe you don't. It's not the be all end all is not the bench press or the squat or the barbell mm-hmm. squat. You know what I mean? So it's about you know them falling in love with looking after themselves right it is it's, it was interesting for me to shift from so much of a you know uh yes we have to we have to improve you know your speed we have to improve your power to weight ratio we have to improve your agility like coming from sport or like going from this like constant performance metric and then like switching myself to like no no there is no performance metric that matters Right. None, right. <laughs> you know, uh, the performance metric that matters is participation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that you, you're enjoying monitoring and seeing yourself get better and you're able to reflect on that you're getting better in some way. And maybe that's just because you're exercising more frequently is what our measuring stick is. Right. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with anything else. You know, oh, that's awesome. We'll return to the show after this quick word from our sponsor, Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for sports performance practitioners around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides an elevated experience for performance coaches, athletic therapists, physios, and personal trainers when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with your athletes and clients. Head to teambuilder.com and start your 30-day free trial when signing up with the code TNS. And now back to the show. So as we were mentioning kind of the, you know, speed bumps and probably a lot of the ebbs and flows of not only owning your own business, but also, you know, trying to get running the app as well. Um, Is there anything either from the app or from just kind of navigating a pandemic over the last couple of years that has kind of stayed with your programming now um, in the physical gym space? Like, is there some things that you took away that, Hey, that's, that's probably a great idea anyway. Yeah. Like in the gym for sure. Like just the way we, like just the way I invested in like sanitation stations with garbage cans underneath them and like little things like that, just like that stuff's never going to go away. Cause it's just smart. Like probably should have had more of those things available to clients. Like, no, like, not worrying about the cost of it just like you should just be doing it right to just keep the gym cleaner um so that would be one definitely the model of uh like we're we went fully private with the gym so everyone has like a an app on their phone that you know bluetooths and unlocks the door when they come in the door locks behind them no one lets anybody in who's not a member like 
that type of thing. And then we have control, then you have like a record of when they came in, when they left, you know, uh, the cameras, when, what people touched, where they were. So just like the ability to just like, God forbid anything happened again, but all the systems are in place now to like be able to identify, you know, an outbreak or something, you know, of that nature. Right. right. Um, so I think like those things just all stuck then they made a lot of sense and people like it. Like people like the, you know, the private club feel of our, our gym, just, you know, they can come when they want to come and the, the feeling of just that they're part of something like kind of when you have a, your own kind of key to a door, right. You, right. you kind of take a little bit of ownership. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think sure. that's been, I think it's been really big, big for the community that work out with us or are here. So that's been it. And then on the app side, for sure, like I would say just like 33% of the kids on the platform are like accessing it outside of school hours. Oh, and I'm not nice. sure that that success would have been there without like, you know, kind of going through the process of, well, one, they didn't really have a system that they could access at home for phys ed. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, like, I think having that ability, I don't know whether that's COVID or that's just putting our system in place. So that, you know, and I think that's going to stay and I think it'll probably grow. Right. Yeah. That's awesome that, you know, kids are accessing it on the weekend or when they're home and just kind of continuing to grow in those skills. And, um, you know, that shows that they want to keep doing it. Right. It's like they're doing extra homework. Right. <laughs> like So yeah. they must really love the subject <laughs> if they're going to do extra reading on math or science. Right. So it's kind of the same idea. The generation above, right. Their parents are so aware of the importance of it now you know because that generation's been influenced quite heavily by you know the one above of like no activity and then activity is important and then you know my generation's kind of put activity in as something to be quite important highly and if if they're not putting it in personally they're putting it in for their kids right you know right. like the amount of kids that work out at our gym that are like not athletes they're just recreational kids you know yeah it blows blows my mind yeah that the, the amount of kids that are just here to just get fit so um there's a push right like there's definitely a push right now for uh, which is good and a support so for kids to be active yeah no that's awesome and have the resources that they need to be active and whether that's in a physical form like a facility that that welcomes them in. Sometimes facilities are kind of athlete centered or, you know, adult fitness centered, but not necessarily youth fitness centered, like just a general fitness, right? And so it's awesome that you, you guys are, you know, open to that and, and growing that side of your business, right? And then obviously to, for them to be able to have access to the app without outside of school hours and just be able to continue to work through that. That's, that's so cool. That's a big thing for me too. Like I kind of have pretty humble beginnings. So um, a big thing for me was just to be able to break down the, the demographical barriers for kids to have access to training, right? Like, how would you get that? It's a, it's a, I think still to this day, it's, you know, quite untouchable for quite a lot of people right. to be able yeah. to have training. It's a, so that's a big motivator too, for me is to have, to be able to provide that to every kid. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, you know, a lot of when you're in the business for a long time, there's 
there's a lot of growing pains, right? Um, is there a time or a situation within your career that you'd like to go back to and just offer your younger self a little bit of guidance uh, through that situation? Moments you can go back to and, and that would help kind of get through that a little quicker, right? Or a little smoother. So no, that's a, that's a great one. Um, a little bit kind of piggybacking that is, um, you know, what's your escape? What do you do to step outside of the gym, recharge? You talked about traveling and hiking and uh, the beautiful landscape of Sudbury, but you know what? Is there specific things that you like to do? I, uh, I still just, I still love exercise, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Like whether it's like uh, programming out a different phase for myself and like disappearing into the gym and working out for an hour and in the middle of the day, I mean, pretty pretty grateful i'm like my i'm in my tech company and through that wall on my left is the gym so i mean kind of have a mini google going on too so i mean i can go out and work out whenever i want and that definitely is the thing for me that like recharges my batteries and makes me feel great and so and then other than that it's just like high quality time with you know my kids and my partner just you know whether that be cooking food on the egg in the backyard or something or like we got a green i like i got a big green egg i love cooking on that <laughs> thing so so like yeah. I, whether it's smoking something on there or you know it's like i don't know playing frisbee or shooting hoops out front of the house like those kinds of just being around the, the kids and my partner at home just hanging out doing stuff going for walks like all of it and i i'm a real strict like morning routine person Okay. So I get a lot of like, kind of like soulful alignment out of like how I start Monday to Friday, you know, like I'm hard on the, on that because I just, for me, I personally, like, if I don't have that morning routine, like, I don't know if I would be like a high quality colleague for my team or if I would be like a good parent or a good partner. You know, like, I just don't know if I could, if I could do it, if I didn't have that routine, like, so I'm really strict about that. Like, (laughs) yeah, kind of go get after it. Yeah. Those (laughs) routines, right. They just, they they set you up, right. They align all of the pieces of yourself, physical piece, mental piece, right. Emotional piece to get everything kind of in line and and set up for the day. And you, and you kind of, you know, able to start um, from this centered position. Right. And, and the more that you build that into your habits, um, the more you you feel that way. And then when, if you don't do it for whatever reason, then you feel, Hey, I, don't, I just don't feel right. Or it takes you a little bit longer, uh, to get, you know, get, get rolling a little bit. Right. So, um, no, that's, that's awesome. I, something I got to work on a little bit. It's kind of tuning that, tuning that up my morning routine a little bit. Um, no, I, I appreciate the time. And, and, uh, again, if you haven't had been able to get up to Sudbury, you know, it sometimes gets a little bit of a bad rap, but it, uh, as far as the, the coldness, the cold, but it, uh, it is a beautiful place and a beautiful spot. And so I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your path and your story and, and all the great things that you're doing up there. And, um, I'm going to link all of your contact information in the show notes so people can reach out to you and whether that's about the app or, um, just again, just connect with you a little bit more, but I think you're doing some incredible things around, that youth fitness and around that phys ed. I just, 
again, it's something that uh, we should all kind of keep our eyes on. And uh, as it expands and as it grows, it, it's uh, something super exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks very much for having me on the show. So it means a lot to kind of get out there and talk and share. And I hope uh, that your audience gets some value out of, you know, what uh, I shared. And, and if they, you know, want more value, then, you know, just reach out and talk to me and, you know, we can shoot the breeze about whatever <laughs> training doesn't matter to me, like anything. So I'm just grateful to meet more people and talk and share and help. Awesome, man. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll connect again really, really soon. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. I'd like to thank my guests for connecting today, as well as sharing their path, knowledge and insights. Join me next time as I chat with another outstanding Canadian sports performance practitioner.